0: Welcome to the Cabramatta Vineyard Church podcast. We are a missional community in southwestern Sydney that desires to be a preview community of God's generous rule and reign. For more information, check out cabramattavineyard.org.au. Whether we we do them all? That's that's a good question. um, this is also the third talk in a row that I've been presenting this year. And the creation and the presentation of these talks has been pretty interesting. Uh, pretty confronting. I feel small and humbled and inadequate and yet propelled into this place of responsibility. I'm um, leading those of you who are present to connect deeper with the Lord and His Word and His story. Um, and at the same time, I've been mentally, emotionally, metaphorically, just juggling many other responsibilities, as many of you have been and are um, church ones, work school ones, family ones, people ones, um, other commitments that in the moment seem equally important. And so, yeah, I recognise that everyone is probably coming to Sunday with that kind of going on to some extent. Just a full brain and a full life, a full heart. Lots of stuff going on. Um, so I, the weight of the world coming into this space is something that I'm acutely aware of, and I think that part of what God was doing today was really breaking down a whole bunch of that and allowing his healing and his presence to come into the middle of it. And maybe it, it is way more more than yours, and you're all brilliant and <laughs> like, you're a fabulously healthy place. Yay! <laughs> if that's the case. Um, but, all that being said, when I sit down to prepare for these talks, a way opens up. I do have to fight for that time, that sacred time, but it is sacred time. Mm. And he's just as jealous for our time as he is for all the other expressions of our love for our money, for our devotion, our conversation, our commitment, our plans. If God's not King of all those things, who is? So, even though we've just been praying, and I'm sure all the prayers will ripple out the way that they need to in their own unique way, I'm going to start this talk with a prayer as well. Precious Jesus, we come together in your name and lay everything every swirling, busy thing down at your feet. We lay every worry, every fear, every distraction down. And we put all those things down even if we care for them deeply. Because we know that you care for us. And that they will be there even after this sacred time with you. We invite you into this space, this opening up, this sharing of words. Thank you for already bringing your wisdom and understanding, deep into our minds and our hearts and our spirits. May we understand what is relevant and true in a way that's unique and perfect for who we are and who you are. We love you and we love your kingdom. We want to see your kingdom come, starting with this moment. It's really cool that Alyssa spoke about the tree. With the roots and the leaves of healing. Because that's what this speech is meant to represent. Um, when I was preparing, I was reminded firstly of Patricia last week and her response when we finished worship and said, Does anyone have anything? She's like, One more song, please. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, Today, we're looking at that power, that theme, that combination of story and song. Um, It's not just the power of story that drives the kingdom, but very much when you look at the Psalms, you're looking at the power of story and song brought together in a holy union. Now, some for millennia all over the world. Like, that's a song book with staying power. And is it possible, for some at least, that the most regular and effective theological teaching, biblical teaching that you get, is actually coming from worship songs? Um, I remember singing songs in the girls' house before I gave my life to Jesus, when they were just girls that went to church and I didn't. And I would sing along with the songs that were playing in the house. And did I know that I was singing scripture? No. No, want to know. Did I want to? <laughs> <want> no. <laughs> um, but like, the songs that we sung today, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Like, that's a psalm. Like, it's word for word, straight lifted out of the psalm. And this is the one that I thought of. Um, I used to think it was such a cool song, and we'd like, Play it and we bang to the beat. I'm just going to play it very briefly. Why right, are you not coming up? That uh, should have cut it. There it is. I saw that had a funky beat, but it's a total psalm. (laughs) So I was singing words directly out of a psalm um, about trusting the Lord and mountains and Zion and all this sort of stuff that made no sense to me before I actually started reading the Bible. But then when I started reading the Bible, it's like they lifted. So the the bedrock that got formed just from listening to those songs were then something that got built upon so i guess i start today's talk by saying if all you do is listen to worship music yes there's more but it's a really really good start um, and if the, the the worship you listen to is a psalm as well it's resonating something that's ageless so derek morphew asks in breakthrough which i didn't have in my bag there but i forgot to pull out Are therefore songwriters the effectual theologians of the church? Add to this that ancient societies, including the early church, were largely oral. Uh, What was memorable became effectively what was believed. And I still think this is true today. (laughs) Simply from this point of view, one has to wonder if the Psalms were not the most influential aspect of Israel's faith. But there's more to reflect on when it comes to kingdom theology and when it comes to the Psalms. Not only is there a fairly dense and repetitive reference to the rule and reign of God in all sorts of ways, but the total story of God, his people, is covered quite expansively from creation to the promise to Abraham to the exodus, the covenant, the journey, the conquest, Davidic monarchy, and then the loss of the kingdom in exile, and then the beginnings of hope in restoration after exile, it's all in the Psalms. And although the Psalms are, as a genre, of poetry, their contents are effectively a comprehensive narrative theology of the kingdom as well. So having just looked at the Davidic monarchy, it does make sense to flow onto the Psalms. And it is something that we can jump onto quite readily. So that's why I thought it's important to touch on this before we leave together today, even though he's doing really cool things in other ways as well. Um, David did write a whole bunch of the Psalms. But more than that, it's the way that they go back to creation, the exile and return, and repeatedly talk into the coming of the kingdom. Um, they, they have been and they continue to be a dynamic and alive way to reinforce those kingdom patterns and stories up to Jesus' time and beyond into ours. So some of the things that Derek pulls out in terms of kingdom theology and Psalms is these hallmarks that we can observe, where language and structure of stories and references reinforce and echo the kingdom story and architecture. So there's explicit kingdom language, that same language that we find embedded as early as the Genesis narratives. There are references to Yahweh as king on his throne, exercising his rule. All the elements of the mosaic and the Davidic architecture are recognizable in the Psalms. Uh, Sometimes even within one psalm, there's presence, an elect community, covenants and covenant maintenance and benefits and mission. So all those kinds of things are echoed and reinforced in a lot of psalms. Many also tell the story of the Exodus or the Exodus to Davidic monarchy um, or the whole story from Exodus to exile. So they are using that narrative power to remind us again and again of what God has done. Um, so that we can also see into what God is doing. Uh, There are also countless references to David as king or the Davidic monarchy in a way that shows this is how Yahweh's rule is expressed. This is shalom life. This is what it means to be a servant and allow him to rule through us. There are lots of creation psalms as well that depict and then reinforce this idea that there is one God who created it all monotheistic creationism, if you want to be big long words, uh, which we see in the Mosaic picture. And multiple Psalms reference Israel's experience of exile or return from exile. And within those, we can connect with the prophetic picture of the kingdom returning again in an ultimate culmination of power and truth, as will be demonstrated in the prophetic picture of the kingdom. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. <laughs> um, so, Derek Morphew goes so far as to actually track those explicit references. Uh, we are not going to go through all of those. Let's get through. <laughs> but if you're up for it, um, breakthrough highly recommend. Um, and it's, I'm going to. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I'm going to email this to anyone who wants it. Uh, partially because uh, I want you guys to do some stuff Um, not every psalm could be considered a kingdom psalm as such but there are enough in there, like it's quite a big book uh, quite a big it's made of five books so what do you call it if it's not a book? A library series (laughs) In the psalms as a totality um, there are five books Um, And again, I'm not going to go into that detail. Um, There's a lot of people who've figured that out and have a lot more to say about it in many other books. Um, But in Book 1, which is Psalms 1-41, you can see a lot about David as the adopted son and anointed king, uh, that he represents divine kingship on earth, and a lot about monotheistic creationism. In Book 2, Psalms 42-72, Kingdom Intervention of Exodus is mentioned a lot. The journey uh, to the Promised Land, uh, the conquests that culminate in the triumph of the Davidic monarchy. In Book 3, Psalms 73 to 89, there is a lot about remembering the good and the bad. And I feel like that's the most pertinent to one sort of expressions of the kingdom to us today. Um, Book 4, Psalms 90 to 106, Uh, it shifts into a lot more overt praise, just straight up praising and confessing that God is King. And in Book 5, Psalms 107 to 150, there's more of that overt praise and a recognition that the divine kingship of Yahweh is eternal, that it will always be. And so you can kind of see that there's this pattern. You know, it's a little bit like when I was in biology um, as a student, I remember having this moment of clarity when the, my science teacher, Mr Chan, who was fabulous, uh, was talking about all the things that our body does before we die from being cold. And it just, like, kept coming. He kept saying, and then your body will do this, and then your body will do this, and it will do this, and it will protect the most important parts of you so that you pretty much... You, like, it's going to take a long time for you to die from this because your body will instinctively do all these things. And I remember having this moment living in a you know, pretty much atheistic home where I just think, man, that can't be an accident. There's got to be a God or something. Because that's so intricate. It's so designed. And I think the more I present to scripture, the more I see that he's just dropped these breadcrumbs everywhere. Like, ha ha, I'm here, and here, and here, and you know the thing I'm trying to engage you with, the kingdom of God? It's everywhere. So this is kind of another way to think about the kingdom of God by using psalms. Um, The patterns that are weaved throughout the five books of the psalms start with David, but then they move into this communal expression, um, as well as having a whole lot of intimate and personal ones as well. So, at this point, one of the activities, in when I was doing the Derek Morphew Zoom Mentorship thing, which is finishing up in a couple of months actually, and I'm feeling mixed about that. It's been really, really good. It would be nice to have the time back. But they're inviting new people to come and be a part of it. So, not that I'm necessarily saying you should do it, but if you do feel the uh, urging from the Lord that it's something you'd like to be a part of, Um, come and have a chat to me but also just pray for the next wave of people who are going to do this mentorship um, because they will come from all over the world and they'll be entering into something that has been deeply important for me and hopefully will continue to be. So, my job after we just finished the Davidic monarchy and talked into the psalms is he said, take the kingdom psalm and explain its kingdom theology or pick a range of psalms and elaborate on the evident kingdom theme that you can see through a bunch of them. Um, And then we're going to present that to our Zoom group, all excellent leaders and pastors in Australia and New Zealand. And Derek, It was nerve-wracking, like all of this is and has been, but it turns out that the old maxim was true. If you really want to learn something, teach it to someone else. So... I'm going to see if I can get anyone else bold enough to take me up on that challenge, find a psalm that is a kingdom psalm or a couple of psalms that represent a kingdom theme uh, in all their kingdom glory. And then next week I'd like to provide space for you to present your psalms. And I know that God will speak just as clearly to you as he did to me. Uh, and Derek and all the other people who engaged in this, if you make the time to tune in and be intentional. <laughs> Anyone? I'll <Be oral. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Uh, while you're thinking about it, I'll show you what I did. Glenn, can you just pull out my sparkly journal thing, please? Yes. <laughs> it's my, my Derek journal and it's glittery. <laughs> <laughs> Clary. So I'm a teacher, (laughs) an English teacher. So my instinct when I'm given a task is to annotate the heck out of it and highlight it. So that's what I did. And I will show you it with a bit more of a close-up. The psalm that I chose was 136. And you may know it because it has a very repetitive refrain. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, His love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, His love endures forever. It goes on, and I'm just going to pause to talk into what I decided to do to pull out the Kingdom ideas. I looked for some of the things that we've been looking at in terms of what the Kingdom looks like and how we recognise it. And so the first thing was, that God's holy name is very key to encountering his presence um, and connecting with him before he goes on to do the things. And in that first six lines, we see the Lord, God of gods, Lord of lords. So his holy name is very, very clearly the first thing in this psalm. And his character is aligned with it. He is good. And so this sense of his presence was very clearly the first thing in the psalm. And so for me, a picture of the kingdom is his name and his presence are a foundational first start. Then of course, there is the creation narrative stuff at the bottom, where you see he's talking about he made the heavens, he spread the earth upon the waters, he made the great lights, the sun up govern the day, the moon and the stars, and that's the creation narrative. And so, Israel's story, the story that they are living of the one God that came and changed everything and made everything is is there, and the psalm equips them to confess and honour him in this way, again and again and again, and it keeps anchoring God's people in the kingdom story of Yahweh being a dynamic ruler who reigns forever. So that much was very clear. And the repeated his love endures forever, that's just worship. And when David became king, one of the big shifts that happened was it was no longer just about obedience and law abiding, it was very much about worship. And so it's this echoing of worship again and again and again. And it's worship that becomes the driving force. And so I feel like even today, there's been a picture of this in the moment. Worship became a driving force of us gathering today. And that's okay. And that's the power and the point of the Psalms and many other expressions of worship in your life. So in the middle of the Psalm, it shifts to the actual Exodus story. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever, and brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. And so because the Exodus story is so fundamental to us seeing the kingdom break through in real time on a physical and a spiritual level, this is a core part of the psalm that represents the kingdom as well. We see more that that represents his character. He has a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. There's nothing that can stop it. And it's a reminder of the fulfillment of the promises to Abraham as well as Moses and Israel. To finish the psalm, there is the taking of the promised land as an inheritance. Not just because of Israel's worthiness, but because of his covenant faithfulness. That's where this psalm comes to land, except it doesn't stop there. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever and Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever, and gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever, an inheritance to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. He remembered us in our lowest state, his love endures forever, and freed us from our enemies, his love endures forever. He gives food to every creature, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, his love endures forever. power. And so fueled by worship and gratitude, we're reminded that it's not just Israel, it's not just us. He gives food to every creature. So it turns us from our own covenant community and our own faithfulness to God within ourselves. and reminds us of our responsibility as caretakers and bringers of the kingdom to all. So this is one way that you could explore a psalm and look for the kingdom elements. Um, it worked for me, because highlighters are awesome, um, but I'm wondering if there's anyone else who would take me up on the challenge uh, to find a psalm or a couple of psalms and then be able to explain to the rest of us how we see the kingdom in it. it doesn't need to be as. Doesn't need to be like this. Like, I cannot stress enough. This is one way of doing it. If you got up there with just your Bible and you talked from the floor, that would be fine. Like, you, you do you, boo. Um, whatever it looks like. You don't have to have a theological degree. Uh, even if it's a chunk of a psalm, it doesn't even have to be a whole psalm. Just you were reading this psalm and this bit stood out to you and this is what you think it's saying. It's about the kingdom of God. That's amazing. That's powerful. Mike, you in? Thanks, bro. Awesome. It'd be really nice if it was maybe like three kind of in total. You just kind of bounce off each other. Jane is in. Woo! And Alyssa is in. Yeah! And if the rest of you just want to bring yourself, that's fine too. <laughs> Everyone's taking like a row. Yeah! Oh, how good would that be? From the five books. <laughs> so thank you for being bold enough to take the challenge, and I'm sure that God will speak to you. I pray that God would uh, anoint your ability to see what he's saying and doing in those psalms and that when you share that with us that anointing would flow out Um, in great power I'm excited to see more people speak to our church and be a part of that because I think that's part of what he's doing here for sure and if I'm here (laughs) 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 Uh, and that's it my friends Uh, I did have this and I'm going to send it on Vineyard Peeps as well Um, Yesterday when I was praying, I thought that that's where I would finish, but it looks like God in his topsy-turvy way does what he wants to do. And I thank you for going with the flow. And yeah, I pray a blessing for everyone over your weeks. Uh, If you do feel like stuff has been stirred up, and you do want people to come alongside you, a person to come alongside you, um, to invest more deeply in ministering to that, um please seek that because that's what we are, we're a community that loves each other. But I also pray that all the things that he's done today, that the outworkings would continue to blossom and bloom in kingdom ways in your life and the lives of those around you. Amen. Amen.